Yes, thanks for tuning in to Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne and I unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today I'm chatting with Kane, who is the head of brand at Starwood Capital Group and most recently the co-founder and creative lead at The Well. This is a membership-based wellness club in New York, linking the practices, medicine, and mindset from the East and the West. Honestly, this is music to my ears. So really excited to share this conversation. Kane offers um, some tremendous insight into his mind and the way he goes throughout his life, which has a lot of serendipitous moments, um, and most importantly, moments that he really acknowledges. Um, He sees the signs and really pushes forward. Before we dive in, if you enjoy these conversations, please do give us some love wherever you're listening with those lovely stars or a written review. Lastly, the podcast would not be possible without the support of Keo. This is our daily reflection app. All these awesome guests end up in the app to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take for a spin. It's in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search K-Y-O. And thanks, as always, for giving us your attention today and have the absolute best day yet. Oh, that's an interesting one. Okay. Uh, who am I? I am, uh, I am a Midwestern boy, uh, who, who proudly raised in a, in a traditional Midwestern household with Midwestern values. Uh, I am the son of, of Alice and Anthony, uh, who are my parents who, um, I should say I'm the son of Alice, Anthony, and Tim because my stepdad is is totally lumped into that into the threesome. I was I was the type of kid that required three adults to raise me, uh, <laughs> okay. for sure. I love <laughs> for it. For sure, handful. Um, and 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 uh, I'm the brother uh, to four amazing other gentlemen: uh, Justin, Jesse, Adam, and Joe. Uh, so one of five boys. Um, I am, interestingly enough, I I hate job titles. Uh, I'm, I've always been a, like averse to them. Like they, for some reason, it's like people are like, you know, what do you want? Your, I've had so many jobs where I've worked for the CEO or I've worked for a small company or even working in a $60 billion, you know, private equity company, you know, Barry's like, what do you want your title to be? Um, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what yeah. I, mean? I don't know. I don't care. It's not important to me. Um, so I think what I've always landed on is, uh, I jokingly say my title is I'm a maker of smiles. Um, my true delight and my true joy as a person um, is making other people happy and other people smiling. Uh, and I sort of live my life on a day-to-day basis, uh, building experiences, creating communities, uh, developing brands, uh, fostering relationships uh, with other people and, and with, with folks in the, in the hope and in the joy of, of making them happy and making them smile. Wow. I mean, that was actually one of my questions for you, you know, about regarding your work, what makes you smile. So I, I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a perfect segue into pretty much our whole conversation, I think. <laughs> so it's, great. it's a great response. And and the reason I asked that at the beginning is, is exactly for the reason you mentioned it's it people, if you ask that question in a different way, a lot of people just resort to kind of, oh, I am this at this company, for example, right? 
uh, and you don't get the detail of you know what what actually makes up the person behind that position or title. So so thank you for sharing all of that. Happily, I like that question. You know what I mean, I think it, it frames the it's it's just a different perspective, right? Yeah. Versus what do you what do you do? I've I've become I spent a lot of time in the past. Uh, work has always been so much of my identity and I've always, I've always identified myself as what I did professionally and like, you know, what my success in, in the professional world. And I think 2018, one of my big goals or something I'm trying to be really thoughtful of is like, who am I as a person and like, mm. what do I believe in and who am I? Um, and, and what is, what do my relationships look like outside of work? What does my life look like outside of work? And, and work is one part of that. And I'm, thankful and so happy and so blessed to get to enjoy and love my work. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to be very mindful of, of who are you versus what do you do? Yeah. Um, and so thanks for, thanks for asking. Of course. So Kane, has there been like, was there a trigger of some sort that got you thinking in, in, in that mindset or is it just naturally a lot of the, you know, obviously a lot of the work that you're, you're, you're doing right now, that makes sense. But like what, what made you think, okay, 2018, I want to focus a little bit about on, you know, who I am. Um, I think it's been like a really slow process for me. Okay. Um, like, and, and it's not like, like there was one moment or one change. I think um, I have in the past, I would say over the past couple years, um, and I think it's just about like sort of growing up and not being like a dumb young asshole. You know yeah, what I mean? Like just like, growing up and, and getting a little bit more maturity and just started thinking about like, you know, yeah, thinking much more long-term, you know what I mean? To me now, long-term is where am I at five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Whereas I feel like when I was 22 years old, 25 years old, it was long-term was like the next year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was, I was talking to a friend the other day saying like, I'm trying to think about the age when all of a sudden it seemed like everything went into hyperspeed. Like there was like all of a sudden time is going by so fast. And I was like, when did that happen? Like, yeah. And, and I'm, I feel like it was like, like 26, like or somewhere around there where it just like all of a sudden it just seemed like, boom, like things go by so much faster than they used to. Um, and I, and we were just trying to think like, when does, you know, why does that happen? But, um, I think for me, it's been sort of a slow burn and that, you know, I had some health issues a couple of years ago that, uh, were really serious. And at the time, um, I didn't, I didn't give them as much weight as they deserved. Um, and I was sort of, you know, part of my like grief and healing process of having these health issues was just being like, Oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I'm going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I am fine now. I, I got very lucky and, and, and I'm okay. But, um, at the time I very much like didn't give them a lot of weight. And I, I think, I don't think I reflected a lot on them. And then I think, What's interesting is that it took me even having, it took me, you know, almost two years of having these health issues to finally like sort of start looking back and making small changes in my life, like from, you know, what I eat to how I take care of my body to where I spend my time to, you know, even little things of like how and when I travel, right? You know what I mean? And that, um, you know, I'm traveling for work. You know, I've always been the person that was like, I take the first flight out or the last flight out. I don't fly in the middle of the day. It's unproductive. I don't like losing the time. It stresses me out to be on an airplane. What if the Wi-Fi doesn't work? What if someone can't get a hold of me? And so it was like, I took the 545 or I took the nine o'clock flight. And I fly almost every week for work. So, um, and I finally, one day I woke up and, and I was just like, there's nothing I hate more than a 545 AM flight. It literally is like the worst thing ever. Mm. 
Um, and so I, I was like, you know what? For the next month, I'm going to take the 7 a.m. flight and just like see how I feel. And I was like, oh my God, like a month. It was like my life was just so much better. An hour and 15 minute flight later just like made such a difference. So then it became like, okay, well, what does it look like if like I do take an 8 a.m.? I'm never going to be the person who takes like a 2 I'm not the executive flight person. Like the yeah. 2 p.m. flight to me is just like not how I roll. You sure. can, the whole day is dead. Like it's not going to happen. Um, but, but, you know, something is like, you know, eight an 8 a.m. flight and, you know, getting two extra hours of sleep and not having to wake up, you know, at some ungodly hour is just makes such a difference in my life. And when I started realizing that like those little micro changes, um, you know, they started adding up, you know, small steps make a big difference, which is interesting. While you, one of our like internal brand slogans for one hotel is these sort of small steps make a big difference. So for me, it was very much like very little things like that. And when I started making those changes, um, I started realizing that there was an opportunity to not just do them in my routines or in the way that I live my life, but there was a way to do them in the way that I thought about how I, how I wanted to spend my time, right. And, and where I wanted to spend my time and, you know, thinking about, you know, what was important to me and, and, and if work wasn't there, who the hell was I or what was important and what would I do and, and how would I spend my time? Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of like little steps. It took me, it took me a while. It was, I didn't have, and I still don't, you know, I'm still not perfect. No one's perfect. There's a thousand things I need to change, but I think a lot of people have that moment or that aha. And a lot of times it's even around a sickness and yeah. it's interesting. I, even when I was sick, it like it, it, it didn't shake me. It just sort of like slowly crept up on me. That's really interesting because you're right. I mean, and I would say if I had to put a number on it, probably close to 80% of the people uh, I've, I've spoke with around this topic had sort of some sort of event like that, right? Where they hit a wall or like something significant happened, usually related to health, physical or mental health. And then it was, okay, like something needs to change. But you know, in your case, obviously that something did happen, but it's interesting that it still took, you know, some of these micro uh, awareness or micro reflections, let's say, to actually stimulate that change. And, and and this is what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to we're trying to help people not hit that wall and and point out some of these little reflections that could really make a difference because you nailed it. I mean, once you start doing one or two of these these type of actions, then all of a sudden something else becomes more obvious. And then there's something else. Then there's another practice that, you know, it just keeps compounding. Exactly. And it's, it's funny when you realize, for me, it was like, it works. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, it's like when you start noticing results, or if you start noticing feeling better or looking better or, or, or having better relationships or, you know, feeling happier, like when you start noticing those changes, it's, it becomes addicting. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm currently, in, I have two amazing co-founders of this wellness center that I'm building in New York and I'm not a wellness person at all. Um, at all. Like, it's just like, I'm not your traditional wellness person. Listen, I built a sustainable hotel brand. That's all about like wellness. Um, I'm building a wellness center. Uh, I, I, I would never call myself a wellness person. I'm actually, today is day 159 of not smoking cigarettes. So like, I'm like a newly, sure. I, I just quit smoking. Okay. Um, that's how far of like a wellness person I was. Um, I was like a secret smoker for half a decade. Um, okay. <laughs> but, but starting a, 
starting the wellness center with both of them, um, Sarah and Rebecca, who are fantastic. Um, they are true wellness people. Um, and we're not talking like fatty wellness people, like people who are like follow fads. We're talking, you know, Rebecca has been doing yoga since she was in her mother's womb. You know what I mean? Like she's half Indian and has been practicing meditation with her Ayurvedic grandmother, her Ayurvedic doctor grandmother, since she was four years old, Rebecca or Sarah's like a licensed nutritionist and like, has built, you know, brands around wellness since before even people were using the words and starting to work with them um, and just seeing their habits and what they do um, and having people who, and it's really interesting because they never once were like, I'll never forget when Rebecca, I was like, we're signing along the center. Rebecca's like, you don't have to quit smoking. You can totally do the well. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. She's like, you can't smoke in public. You have to secret chain smoke somewhere. I don't want anyone to ever see you smoking, but I'm not going to make you smoke. You're, you're your person. You should, you do what you want to do. Yeah. But it was like seeing them and adopting just little parts of their lifestyle too, like asking a question about the supplements that they take and, and having Sarah and Rebecca put me on a supplement protocol, right? Starting to understand how they start their mornings with, with very simple rituals of like just getting on a yoga mat for 10 minutes and, and not for exercise, but for like mental clarity and, mm-hmm. and, and the root of yoga or like seeing how, you know, both of them, it's like after 10 PM, their phones literally like go away. Like they like put them down. They don't go back to them. Um, they, they create that distance between their phones and their devices, just seeing how they could be so successful and, and so productive and, and, and so, and, and so happy, but also have this, this balance in their life and adopt these principles sort of crept up on me. Um, sure. And I just sort of got curious about it and like slowly would start asking questions and then adopting and adopting more and adopting more. And then it was just like, it was, it was, it was a, a bite-sized approach to wildness. Um, and I think that for me was important because it gets overwhelming if you try to do everything at one time. A hundred percent. And I think you're a little bit hard on yourself, Kane, because I mean, even, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you're not doing yoga, you know, five times a week or whatever the case may be, but even just these little simple hacks like the flight. I mean, the last two times I've been in New York, I was on that flight, essentially. So <laughs> I... It's horrible. Per- Don't do it. No. So personally, I've taken a mental note. You know what? That's not a bad idea. So, but but that 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 little hack or that that idea you know essentially that's your wellness right so there mm-hmm. it's it's all these little things and um i can totally relate to what you're talking about just again because of the the, the people i'm getting to speak with but you pick up all these little you know practices or principles like you said that okay you know i could try that right like you just kind of bite off little little pieces of it and then it it, it then it forms who you are and now you're faced with like asking these really powerful reflective questions right which is which is awesome, yeah, exactly. So, well, l- let's talk because I definitely want to talk about um, the well. But let- let's talk a little bit about your path, just kind of the, the Cole's Notes version um, on you know how you got to where you're you're currently at, and, and w- what does that look like right now? Totally. Um, oh my gosh, my path. It's uh, it's I am. First off, I've, I've always said this and I will continue to say this. I am like the luckiest kid on the planet. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I, I, feel, I feel very blessed and I feel very lucky. Um, but what I've found is that, uh, you know, I, a long time ago, actually a long time ago, realized that, that the key to my success uh, started with a commitment and a, uh, a personal mantra of what I always said was working with serendipity and that I feel like, you know, in, in the world and in our day-to-day life, um, 
there are just so many things that are happening, right? We're all just like balls of energy and just bouncing off of each other. Um, and there's all these opportunities and, and, and every person all the time is constantly brought together with someone else or with an opportunity and that there are very often situations in our life where you're serendipitously connected with someone or mm -hmm. presented with an opportunity. Um, and I always, I quickly realized that when I was willing to, if I was aware enough to capture that opportunity, to notice it, and if I was brave enough to jump at it and grab it, and then I was committed enough to like work my ass off and put the hard work and effort behind the opportunity that was presented, it always worked out, right? Like, and I, oh, and, yeah. and like that path was, and, and that path wasn't a A to Z at all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm from a really small town in rural Michigan, you know, the type of town that has like take your tractor to school day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm from a really small town in rural Michigan, you know, I, I was very active in, in volunteer work and very active in my student body in high school. And I one day, some, I don't even know how, I can't even tell you how I found this AmeriCorps program called City Year on the internet that was, that was a gap year for 18 and 24 year olds where you tutored and mentored kids in, in, in rural or in uh, urban cities around the, around the country. And I ended up convincing my parents to let me uh, take a gap year and do a, a City Year year in New York City. Um, and so I spent a year tutoring and mentoring kids in the South Bronx and East Harlem and, and, um, really being super overwhelmed, to be completely honest with the disparity of like urban poverty and a broken urban education system and, and really getting deep into the tranches of, of, of what is like our education system look like and what does it look like to grow up, um, as a poor minority in, you know, New York city or any other major city. So I spent a year doing that and that year fundamentally sort of shook me up and, and changed my whole perspective and made me a completely different person. Um, and sort of woke me up and also made me fall in love with New York. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up staying in New York for school and, and starting school and stopping school three times, you know, going to school, dropping out, starting school, dropping out, starting school, dropping out. Um, and every time I dropped out, I would, I would find like a, a little project to work on. Cause it wasn't that I was like lazy and didn't want to go to class or anything. It was that traditional university education was just like not keeping my attention. I didn't feel yeah. like I was learning anything. I didn't feel like I was growing anywhere. And, uh, the sort of first big serendipitous moment that I had was, uh, it was, I was in school at the time. I hadn't dropped out. I was back in school. After I dropped out the first time, I was back in school, but I was working at a restaurant in the East Village on the weekends. Um, and it was over the summer. So I had like picked up some extra shifts and uh, I was working at this restaurant and this woman came in constantly and she was just like over the top, beautiful woman. She had like the most amazing Giuseppe Zanotti or Louboutins or amazing shoes on every time. Um, and she had like the most amazing diamond necklace around her neck and the most amazing diamond rings. But then she'd be wearing like an oversized J crew sweater with like the neck cut off, like <laughs> literally. And it's just like this balance and this juxtaposition. She had like no makeup on, but was gorgeous. I'm like, who the hell is this woman? Yeah. Um, and she'd come in with like either beautiful ladies or like really buff, scary looking guys and they would drink wine and they'd eat. And she'd always pick up the tab in cash. And I was just like, who the hell is this? So finally I like asked Mandra, I'm like, who is that? He's like, Oh, that's Jackie. She's one of the owners of Coyote Ugly. You know, wow. that crazy bar. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my God, she looks just like the actress from the show. I totally get it. <laughs> um, and, and so one night I was waiting on her and I just sort of started talking to her and whatever. And 
by the end of the night, um, she had convinced me, she had said, listen, I'm actually looking for a new assistant. Uh, why don't you call me tomorrow? We'll meet up and maybe, you know, you start splitting your time between here and there because she knew the restaurant owner and, and you work with me and I think you'll love what I do and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that started a, a two-year whirlwind of, of me working with her and following her around and being, you know, effectively her assistant and her apprentice and all the businesses that she did. Wow. She owned restaurants, she owned bars, she invested in plays, she she did all types of amazing stuff. And, you know, she too was this creative who was a dancer that, you know, her and her business partner, Lil, had this idea and created this this bar. And, you know, they now have, there's now a bunch of them. And Jackie's even gone on to do the gay version of Coyote Ugly called Flaming Saddles, which is one in mm-hmm. New York and one in West Hollywood. But um, she just one of those serendipitous moments, right, where I sort of got to learn from someone and work for someone. But did you feel it right away, Kane? Like when she asked you to do that, was it like a hundred percent? I have to do this. One hundred percent. Like okay. it was like, yeah, yeah. Like she was like, call my assistant. She's like, call my current assistant, Juliana. What's her name? Call Juliana at three p.m. tomorrow. And I remember sitting by my phone from like two fifty to three p.m., like watching the minutes go by. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Because um, it was just, it just like there was just this opportunity and this woman and her and I just got along really well and I was like impressed by her and I didn't even really totally know what she did, but. It's just like, I could feel something, you know what I mean? I could Mm -hmm. feel that moment. Um, I spent many years with Jackie. She's still a a great friend of mine and and a mentor. And I still look up to her, you know, constantly. And she ended up moving out to LA um, and I ended up staying in New York. And I ended up at the time starting my own, I started a gossip magazine for New York City college students with a friend of mine, which was so much fun. I ended up doing it. We did an issue with Kim Kardashian and like, this is 2009 before like Kim was even big. And she had like a a workout video called fit in your jeans by Friday. We did a party with her. She was like in our issue. This is like pre Kardashian, like mania and like mogulness. Um, when she was just now hitting the scene, which was crazy. And, and, and I started this magazine. And when I started the magazine, I ended up meeting this, this really successful entrepreneur in the tech space named Nahal Mehta uh, and his wife, Reshma Sajani, um, who again, uh, I got connected to and, and Nahal was looking for, you know, like a chief of staff, someone to like, he was just, he had this tech startup he was starting. He had this mobile investment fund that he had just started. Reshma was running for Congress. You know, they needed someone to just like, you know, manage their lives, you know what I mean? And, and sort of work for them and, and do all that. And um, again, it was just sort of this opportunity where I met this couple and, and we jived and, and they were so much, they had so much to teach me mm-hmm. uh, that I sort of jumped at the opportunity again. Um, and I spent three years working for Nahal and Reshma and helping them build their companies. And, you know, I, Reshma started this nonprofit called Girls Who Code, uh, which is a, a national nonprofit. Um, which, you know, I was the first employee of Girls Who Code. I was the first employee of Eniac Ventures. I was the first employee of Lead Local Response, sort of everything that they were doing at the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I really got this apprenticeship, right? And, and really got this opportunity to learn from them. And, and it was at this time, after a couple of years with Nahal and having working for him and, you know, helping him build his businesses, that all of his friends were coming to me being like, how do I find someone like you? How do I find some young kid who's just like, smart, who can like sort of do a little bit of everything, who can help me because, you know, Nahal's friends with all these, you know, successful entrepreneurs and investors. And on the other side, I had all my friends who had, you know, graduated from Columbia, graduated from NYU. This was like, you're looking at 2011 now, 2010, 2011. Um, You know, the bubble had burst. No one could get jobs. You know, everyone had student loan debt being like, what the hell? Like you dropped out of school 
and like left us all and you like have the best job out of all of us like how the hell do we get your job you mm-hmm. know what i mean like how do we get to do what you did and that was the foundation to sort of like the inspirational moment where you know i'd always been into education in my entire life going back to like you know my gap year um was city year and 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 this idea of of how important hands-on and experiential education was for me sort of started ticking in my head and I went to Nahal and I said, listen, I want to start a nonprofit that basically does for, for young people, what, what you and, and what Jackie did for me. Um, and I, uh, quit my job with my, with one of my colleagues who we worked together for Nahal at the time. And we started a nonprofit called Institute, uh, which was a national apprenticeship program for 18 to 24 year olds. Um, and we started that program in, in New York and we literally just like, convinced 30 of our entrepreneur friends who ran companies to sign up to take an apprentice. And we threw their faces up on a website. Um, and we threw up an application. Uh, and uh, a month later, we had over 500 kids who applied. Uh, and we, we selected 11 of them. Um, and Shyla and I rented a 5,000 square foot loft Amazing. in the financial district. And we moved all 11 of them into it with us. And uh, we created this program. Uh, and the program ended up scaling to D.C. and to Miami and to St. Louis. Wow. Um, and we did, you know, inter- degree programs at George Mason University and, and D.C. And, and, and built this program. And it was backed by some ama- the Knight Foundation and the Kauffman Foundation and, and all these amazing organizations. And we ended up doing about 100 students through the program in the three years that we ran it. Um, and the program... Yeah, and it was it was so exciting, and you know, through that program, interestingly enough, got to meet a lot of amazing donors and you know, great people who who supported our work. Um, one of which was a guy by the name of Barry Sternlicht, uh, who who I have the pleasure of working for today. Um, and Barry was one of our donors and and one of our advisors. And uh, after three years of running the nonprofit, and it got to a point to where honestly it's it's scaled to a size where Shiloh, both Shiloh and I felt like we weren't capable of running it. We weren't educators. You know what I mean? We were just kids. I was, I was 25 at the time. We were kids, you know what I mean? That like get, that started this idea and it sort of grew mm-hmm. into something bigger than we thought. So the program ended up actually merging with, yeah, a, yeah. with a university program and a, and a research program. Um, and I just went to go see Barry to, to talk to him just to be like, hi, how are you? He's like, well, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I don't know honestly uh i think i'm gonna take some time off and you know i'm not really sure and he said well i'm starting this hotel brand um and i've been working on it for some time and i don't really love anything and <laughs> this is sort of how you live your life and you were raised by hippies you know i was raised by, by like true authentic like environmentalist and, and hippies in, in michigan my parents um and he's like, why don't you just like meet with my team for a day and maybe you can give them some good ideas and you know, technology and okay. you can help them with the website and, um, what was supposed to be like a, yeah, yeah, what was supposed to be like a one day thing, uh, turned into, why don't you work 10 hours a week with us? And I love how this is unfolding. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and honestly, at first it was like, Barry was paying me, you know, for 10 hours a week, what I made is a month running a nonprofit. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know anything about hotels, Barry. I've never worked in hotels. I don't really know anything about sure, them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no. And he's like, yeah, but you're smart. You'll figure it out and, and it'll work out. And this was like, I think, September. Just FYI. August, September. <laughs> and then um, one day in October, he calls me and he says, so 
the head of brand, the CMO, he's, he's going to be leaving us. Um, and I need you to just, you know, run everything while I figure out who I'm going to hire. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget his lines. He said, you're my best athlete. <laughs> you're my best athlete. You, uh, I, I think you can figure it out. You're smart. I love all the work that you're doing. You're getting it. The team says you're breathing in, you know, you have, you're because you don't know the industry. It's so great because you think of things that they would never think of. And you have like this sort of fresh point of view and yeah, just go with it. And then, you know, he's like, I'm going to hire someone. I'm interviewing some people da da da. And, and then, you know, two years went by and he never hired anyone and it was my job. <laughs> so I, I launched, uh, I launched Bakra hotels and one hotels as, as the head of brand for both overseeing, so funny. you know, everything basically sensory from, you know, marketing PR to, uh, you know, all the concept development, all the food and beverage partners, the way it smells, the, you know, the way it looks, all the OS and E, uh, all the digital platforms, the website, everything. Um, not interiors. I'm, I'm not an interior designer. I actually, the, the, the reason why I survived that job is because the, the head of design, mm-hmm. Kemper Hires, who had worked for Barry for 15 years and who's one of the smartest creatives I've ever met in my life and took me under his wing and, and, and taught me so much in such a short amount of time. Um, but yeah, and it was just another like opportunity that just like, sort of like I stumbled into, uh, and again, just fundamentally changed my life. And so it's funny because like I, I look at my career path and it like has like it's like okay, I've worked in like bars and that whole realm of hospitality, and then you know I worked in technology and and with a little bit of in a, as a creative director of like a, a mobile tech startup, and then also a little bit. I've done nonprofit stuff and I've also done a little bit of VC stuff. And now I've been a head of brand at a hotel company and worked at a PE firm. And, and that has led me to this wellness center that I'm, that I've also, that I'm also doing, um, with, with two friends of mine is, which, you know, Barry's an investor in and, and is a supporter of it's all sort of in the family. And there's like no line, you know what I mean? Like there's no, like it's, it's, it's as ADD as I am, you know what I mean? Which is, which is probably the, the real question, but sure. what has, as I think the, the, the common thing that I can like sort of pull out of it is I've always, I can't do anything that I'm not interested in. Like if I'm not interested in an idea, if I'm not interested in a topic, like I can never be someone who goes to a job and does a nine to five that I hate because like, I just won't do it. Like I legit like just will not show up. Like I just won't, I can't do it. Like I can't force myself to do things I'm not passionate about. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, it's a blessing and a curse, I would say, because sometimes you just have to do things like expense reports. I'm the sure. worst at, I'm like, <laughs> I don't care if I get the money back. I don't really care about money. Like I just hate doing expense reports. Yeah. My assistant's like, I got you. Like, just let me please do your expense reports. Um, but <laughs> so I've always done things that I love or things that I've found interesting. Um, I've always had amazing mentors or bosses or or even when I was, even when I've been doing my own things, partners who have like lifted me up, either pulled me up or lifted me up with them. And I've always, I've always like gone all in on something. You know what I mean? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. I want to be the best at it and I want it to be the best and I want it to be excellent and amazing. Um, yeah. And I've sort of figured that like, you know what I mean? Like, like, that's what I look for. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. what's important to me, this sort of linear path or the ladder. I have a friend, Marissa Shrum, um, who I, who I love dearly. I'll never forget. She said, people have always thought about their career back, like for years, you know, it was this idea of climbing a ladder. Um, but now we're swinging on vines. 
Mm-hmm. Like we're swinging through the we're swinging through the jungle on vines, and it's about grabbing the vines and, and to keep swinging. Um, and I totally think I'm much more of a of a vine swinger than a ladder climber. Yeah, for sure. I I'd agree, and I'll I'll add something to kind of the consistent elements of of, of your journey. I think at the core of it is you're totally you're totally open, right? You're open to new opportunities. You're open to having those kind of serendipitous moments come up and actually, you know, taking the step forward to, to do something with that. Cause we all have them, right? It's just, there's a lot of people that don't act on those things. Right. And, and then you're open to the people around you and, and surrounding you and asking questions and being curious. So it's, um, I'm not surprised. Like now I, I would have never guessed, obviously this was the path, but I'm not surprised hearing it now that, you know, the, your journey has kind of unfolded the way it, it, it has. And I'm super pumped to see where it's going to go now in the next 10 years. Cause it's, <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I think it will be, I hope so. You know I mean, I've been so lucky now. I'm, you know, I always joke, like, hopefully I haven't spent all my luck. You know, <laughs> it's also out there. Um, sure. but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And that's the thing is, I, when I think about 10, I've never been like, oh, this is the job I want, right? Or this is the career I want, or this is where I want that to go. Like, I never even think about that. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and now more than ever, it's more about just like, what type of life do I want to live? You know what I mean? And where do I want to live that life? And who do I want to live it with? And, you know, trying to be honest and as open I can be to like what truly makes me happy. And that's hard. That's Very so, hard. it's like, that's so hard to do that because there's so many things that distract you and there's so much fear and anxiety around money and success. And, and, um, what I would say is, is, uh, and at least for me, and this is me only talking about myself, not about anyone else, but, um, you know, a, a constant desire to, to feel like I'm making other people, happy and that goes with like making them proud you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that it's it's for me it's you know i have to work to constantly remind myself like you know what when am i actually truly my happiness happiest you know yeah. I mean? when am i actually you know because there are a lot of bright shiny things that, that can sort of take you on different paths and and while they may feel great you know or they may seem like they're the most important thing at the time you know they're sort of often like you know empty promises yeah well, I'm definitely because you know we started the conversation off, and when I asked you that first question on who you are, and you had a, you had a beautiful response on you know you're uh, kind of a maker of smiles, right, for for others. And it, what I'm gathering in all this is you're almost flipping that now at this point in your life and focusing. Not you're obviously still continuing to make others smile, but you're trying to figure out what's making you smile as well, right? Definitely, yeah. And I think that's I think that's. Um, I think it's also getting, it's make what makes other people smile and getting comfortable with the fact that who I am and who I, who I am and, and what I do and, and, and just me as who I am now is enough to make people smile. You know what I mean? And yeah. having that, that confidence and like making myself happy and understanding that that whoever I am and, and wherever I'm at is, is enough. You know what I mean? And, and it's enough to make other people smile and, and I don't have to adjust who I am or I don't have to, you know, work towards what other, I think other people want me to be, to, to make actually the people that matter happy. And sure. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's, uh, that's a really awesome story. I think it's, uh, inspiring to, 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 to many, 
and just you know it, it's i'll share just because i, I want to get into one hotels um and, but I should probably um, let the listeners know of my bias there. Uh, I, I told you at the very beginning when we first chatted about how I had, uh, to, to this day, I've had one experience personally where, where my wife and I have stayed there and I, I stole the room key, right? And you said that mm-hmm. was okay. You said that was okay. So and others do it, but <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not advocating for that. But anyone that stays there, you'll see why. Um, but just, just to relate it, that experience back to everything that you've said, like never in a million. The reason I took it was because it was it was the most incredible experience from a design, a senses, a marketing, like the whole whole thing from from every element was, and and still is to this day. To be honest, um, one of the most exceptional experiences I've, I've I've had at a hotel. So I took the card because I you know I didn't want to forget that essentially. And that was two years ago now, and, and here we are, you and I chatting about you know someone that's that's running all of the brand experience at at one hotel. So it's kind of relates back to y- your journey, right? Like being open and and just accepting the path, right? Like I was in pharmaceuticals before this. It's like nothing even closely related to what I'm doing right now. So it's always you know speaking of serendipitous moments, it's always interesting to to see what'll what'll come out of it if you're willing to, you know, listen, I guess, right? And and take this the next steps forward. One hundred percent. And I think uh it one of our biggest goals for one hotels, right? Like when we think about like, you know, what did we you know, what do we want people to achieve? It's it's about it's about inspiring people just enough that they like ask themselves a question or they have just a little bit of a, hmm. you know what I mean? Like we're not, I'm not trying to enlighten you to change your life to like, there's, you know, you're staying at a hotel for one day, two day, 10 days. You know what I mean? I'm not, uh, our hotel room is not your guru. Yeah. However, I think what we've, when we thought about the brand and where we positioned it and because we do have a very clear point of view, because we do have a mission that we care about, because we have a lifestyle that, that, that we want to, we want our guests to experience when they're with us. But more importantly, we want them to take it home with them. You know what I mean? Like we want mm-hmm. them to take our they, our practices or or our 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 love for the environment and for nature and for our planet and for our bodies home with them. And we've been very mindful of thinking that you know I want to be just like that snap. Like it's it's not that I'm gonna change my life, but it's enough for you to just be like, oh, okay. Or, hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just like start the flicker, like just yeah. like a little bit. Um, and, and just ignite something, you know what I mean? And who knows? It may blow out the moment you walk out the door. It may turn into a, turn into a fire that, that, that burns for the rest of your life. Right. Um, but we try to be very conscious of, of just sort of creating an experience that, could and hopefully does that for for our guests. Yeah, and 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 you're looking at that right as a result of that. I mean, a lot of that. I mean, essentially, that key card was almost a vision board for me, right? And and here we are now. You know, we've, we've started a whole company around this philosophy of helping people just take the half a second to, like you said, just kind of light that flicker. And just think a little bit, right? And and mm-hmm. if it's through this conversation that we're having now that oh that, that was an interesting story, or that I can I can relate to that question that 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 Kane posed, you know that just might be the thing that that helps someone. And if we can do that, then I feel like 
you know, we've done our job. So, so I, I should thank you really, because I mean, and on oh. behalf of all the <laughs> listeners here, because that's honestly, it's been a big, a big uh, part in my journey personally. There's a, you're, you're very welcome. And that comes from me and the other thousand people that took to do that hotel. Of and course. It was, it's definitely a, it's a labor of love for many, 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 many people. Um, but no, yeah, that, I mean, that, that brings me joy, right? Like that makes like to know that makes me smile. It makes me happy. It makes, you know what I mean? Getting up and, and going to work and, and doing the things that we do worth it. And, and we get those messages all the time. You know, sure. We hear from our guests all the time and either, you know, we've been looking for something like this and I finally found a place that feels like, you know, where I'm supposed to be to, you know, this hotel really made me think about the way I live my life and I've changed my practices at home to, um, you know, all like, the spectrum. You yeah. know? And, 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 and uh, I think that's, I mean, that's why I, work there I do I think that's why Barry my, my boss and, and our mentor, my mentor does the work that he does is um, that's the most rewarding feeling in the world you know I mean way better than any P&L or you know award or design you know feature that you can get it's really about having a fundamental impact on people of course because it, it you know there's a fundamental impact on a person that then translates to so many more right so it's it's just it's constant, oh, yeah. which is network nice. effects. I think is yeah, and I think I think you know where I get most excited about a one hotels, and and, and I think hotels are very uniquely positioned to do this because they're so transient. Um, and I talk to our teams about this every day. Is that you come to our hotel? You know, you're the perfect example. You come to our hotel. You have an experience. That experience makes you change some part of your routine. Um, and most people maybe take that routine or, you know, maybe it's they recycle more or they have a more mindful practice at home or, you know, they start shopping organic and they teach that routine to their sister or to their kids or to their mother um, and or to their community. And then that person then teaches it to someone else and you have these network effects. I mean, you've taken that to the next level, obviously. Um, and are like a, I mean, your net promoter score has to be like through the roof for us. Um, <laughs> but but, but you have to be up there for sure. Um but I think those network effects uh, are a lot more powerful than we maybe think on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Yeah. Um, and when I think about marketing and branding and, and sort of, you know, there's nothing more powerful. There has never been more powerful than word-of-mouth marketing, right? We're talking, yeah. it, go, it goes back to apostolizing, right? Religion. Like it is, yeah. it is the tried and true tested way of, of, of sharing a story and, and, moving communities and consumers in, in a direction. Um, and so I think those network effects are, are super powerful and can be super dangerous. You know what I mean? The same thing if you look at maybe our political landscape in, in America and, and stuff is I think you're seeing the adverse effects of, of word of mouth marketing. Yeah, for sure. Propaganda. Right. So yeah, definitely. Well, we welcome a uh, a one hotels here in Canada in Toronto, if you like, or Vancouver, We're working on Montreal. It. <laughs> We're working on it. We're it's on the list for okay. sure. For awesome. Sure. So, um, before I ask for your for your questions and prompts and maybe some of your practices, um, how how does your how does the path all translate into the well? Because that's something uh, I'm super excited to learn about as well, and um, I'm sure the the listeners are as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think. The well is for me sort of a next step in 
sort of my personal journey of, of, of living a, a life of quote unquote wellness is it's definitely very aligned with that. Um, sort of in, in 2017 being a, a big year for me about, about focusing on my, my physical, mental and, and, and social wellness. Um, but I think the evolution for me is, you know, with one hotels, what I really saw my biggest takeaway was that there was always, I always knew there were people out there who, who lived the one hotel's lifestyle um, that would gravitate towards it immediately. What I don't think I realized was a, how big that audience is and, and B how many people are, are sort of uh, hovering around that lifestyle and are, are, are dipping their toes into organic foods, you know, mindfulness, yeah. Uh, being mindful of where they sleep, what they put their head on, what they put on their body. You know, I think, I think, and I started to realize, you know, that I think the definition of luxury and, and the evolution of luxury and where people are going is, is this pursuit of um, organic, natural, real, sustainable products and services. And I think that's really what we're going to see the next decade, if not longer, of really the true definition of luxury, right? Can I, you know, something that is small batch, that is local, that is organic. And, and it's such an interesting evolution, right? Cause it's just mm-hmm. this circle, right? Like you're, it's like you're sort of going back into, 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 into time in some way, but with, you know, better science and, and better technology and, and a slightly different aesthetic. And uh, when I met with Rebecca, who, was who's the co- who's the CEO of the well and, and, and our, our founder and the one who's truly the visionary behind it. Um, I got super excited because I saw consumers in our hotels asking for what, what she wanted to provide. Right. And I saw okay. my friends looking for what she was going to provide. And I saw my mom and my aunts and, you know, my cousins and, and my parents' parents like asking and looking for, you know, this, this, this lifestyle. Um, and I've seen the demand just in one hotels, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities in, in the well and, and one hotels, the well is obviously a, a members club, you know, private wellness, wellness club. Um, and, and the, the one is a hotel, but just the customer very much overlaps and, and just seeing the demand that those hotels have had, the success that they've had, the way that they've in each one of their markets completely, you know, become like the rate leader and the market leader, you know, in a very short amount of time as very small, you know, relatively independent brands, um, I saw a demand for, from consumers. Um, and, you know, I got really excited and, to, and, and inspired by that, um, especially when you couple it with, uh, and I always, you know, I can't do anything that, that I don't believe has some social mission to it. Um, when you couple it with the current state of, of health and wellness in America, um, and how unhealthy we are mm-hmm. and how our healthcare system is designed to keep us unhealthy um, and how okay. and how um, dependent we are on prescription medications and how overprescribed and overdiagnosed we are in everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Rebecca said, you know, I want to build this holistic health club that brings together best in class Eastern and Western healers and it's going to have acupuncture and reflexology and sports medicine. And we're going to have an integrated medicine doctor and it's going to have a full service spa and we're going to do a restaurant and it's going to have yoga and meditation and, and private training and all these things. And, and, um, and she said, it's going to be beautiful. And I want to feel like an amazing, I want to feel like an amazing hotel and it's going to, I want to be gorgeously designed, but it's all going to be rooted in science. 
and it's all going to be rooted in research and it's going to be best in class, everything. And, and, you know, this is the first iteration of a company I want to build that's going to revolutionize healthcare and how we look at healthcare in the United States. Um, I got really excited. I was just going to um, say, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I got, I got super excited because, um, I felt like I, I had a skill set to help. You know, I mean, I understand the hospitality space. I, I, I know what consumers are looking for. I understand how to build a brand in that space and how to develop those experiences. Um, but I also uh, think it's a big problem, right? And I think it's something yeah. that, that require that, that, that needs an answer. And, and I think what we're building at the well and the company that what the well will look like in 10 years um, will be a company that can that can do that and help with that problem. I don't think it's going to be the end-all, be-all solution. I think it's going to take a lot more than one company to, to fix our current situation. Um, but we but need to start. It, we need to start. And it, it very much aligned with sort of where I was in my life and, and sort of the journey I had gone on. And it very much aligned with where I believe consumer trends and, and where I see the future of just hospitality and wellness and, and, and this sort of... Uh, this market going. Um, so I got super excited and I went to Barry and I said, listen, uh, I want to go do this project. And he said, well, I always knew you weren't a lifer. Um, <laughs> I don't want you to go. Let's, let's, I will support you. I want to invest and, but let's figure out a way for, for you to be able to, to stay in the family. So I sort of had the best of both worlds. You know, I mean, I get to, um, still have a role in one hotels and carry out the brand sort of flag there. And luckily he's, and the team has been built out to, to support all the other things that I no longer do. And, and I get to also build this wellness center and they have so many, uh, there's so many concentric circles that connect the two of them and well, yeah. they, have, they have so much value to each other, um, that I feel like I'm better for both of them, you know, being involved in both. You know what I mean? I'm, it's, it's, I'm a believer in focus. Like I said, I've always been someone who's like, when I say I'm like, I just dive right into something and I'm like all in on it. Um, and this is, a, a has been a practice for me of realizing that, you know, at least these two roles and these two brands and these two things that I'm, that I'm building um, really have a lot of value to each other um, and really are helpful to each other and, and cross pollinate. And, and it's, I think I'm better at both jobs because I have the other, which has been really exciting and nice. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just hearing the description, it, it makes perfect sense. They're so complimentary. So that's, uh, so it's great. So we can expect a pop-up shop, version of that in the summer right of this year 2018 in soho yeah so it's we're gonna do a yeah the well is so it's, it's gonna be a twenty thousand square foot space the final space uh and it'll open early 2019 um but as part of our our sort of rollout and intro to the market where we're doing a pop-up version of it starting this summer okay. um in mid-may uh in new york city which will be um a smaller space, about 5,000 square feet, but really will highlight a lot of our key services and treatments and experiences and programming and classes and food and beverage offerings and retail and, and all that. So we really see it as a way to sort of introduce ourselves to the market. What we're doing has never been done before. Um, it's it's going to open as invite only as we sort of curate the crowd, but our goal is really to like introduce the well to the market and test out a bunch of the ideas we have and, and, and work and showcase a lot of our partners and our practitioners um, and really begin to, to build our community, right? It's a, it's a membership-based club and, and uh, our only criteria for members is that, you know, you're a good person. And for us, it's really about um, curating the right group of, 
of people who are members. Um, and we think the best way to do that is not through some written application, but it's through, you know, meeting them and getting to know them and showing them who we are and learning who they are and, and really beginning to, to cultivate that community. So we're going to be doing a pop-up that'll run, you know, May uh, through the end of the year. And, and as we build out our, our, our full spa and, uh, and our full membership club um, in the rest of 2018. So the the last question, uh, Kane, is really just to get actually your questions. So any of the practices, um, or I should say prompts that you ask yourself on a frequent basis or during big life changing events that have made a you know significant impact or that cause you to step back and, and reflect a little bit. Oh, yeah, uh, I have a couple of them. Um, uh, I have there's one that I have tattooed across my chest. Uh it says uh, a little more, a little less. Oh, I love which it. Is, yeah, which is a, a statement that my mom used to say to me all the time. She hates that I have a tattoo on my body, but, um, you know, too bad. <laughs> sure. But, um, but uh, uh, a little more, a little less. She used, to say to, uh, she used to say to me, um, do a little more, want a little less. Okay. Uh, which I think is, is a really profound idea of, of, you know, do a little more, you know, give back more, you know, work harder, you know, give more. Um, but want or expect less, you know what I mean? Don't, you know, don't build a life that's, that's, that's built around a need or a desire to have a lot of material things or, um, to expect things for your effort. You know what I mean? Like just do more and want less. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of happiness that, that comes in balancing out that equation. Um, and I think I found that the happiest people I, I have, I've, I know my life, um, and the people I aspire to are, are no matter their wealth or, or their, financial situation or anything um the one thing they have on common is they're extremely passionate and extremely hardworking and and they hold little value in in material things um which i think is 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 something i try to practice all the time i i have uh i think i tell my mother i'm also was born with expensive taste so it's about for me for sure Um, (laughs) i like nice things yeah i like nice things i just i just try not to buy a lot of them um, and then uh, another one actually is another one hotels mantra, um, which is do all the good you can. Uh, interestingly, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but when Hillary Clinton, uh, her concession speech, she ended it with, uh, with the line to do all the good you can, which is a famous line from a Protestant minister. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it's a very, for me, it's a very powerful um, mantra of, just uh, self-reflection and, and what we call it at uh, One Hotels is we call it our compass. So if you ask yourself, are you doing all the good you can, it constantly keeps you on the sort of true north, right? And keeps yeah. you going in the right direction. Um, so as a compass, you know, constantly reflecting, like, are the choices I'm making, am I doing all the good, you, doing all the good I can? Um, am, I, am I consciously making the right decisions and, and doing that? And, and it seems like such a simple statement, but when you ask yourself, you know, you sort of catch yourself a lot of times being like, well, no, I'm not, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and it allows you to course correct. Um, I think the last one for me is, you know, a, a reflection for me is, and, and this one I would say is, is probably the newest and, and something I've been thinking about a lot. And, and I sort of alluded to it before, but, um, I've like sort of created this, you know, what is my life? What, what do I think today? At least what do I think uh, a happy life looks for me 25 years down the road from now? Um, and, and what is that rooted in? And I'm trying to constantly stay, 
uh, on the sh on the path that I'll, that I that I think will get me there, and and just constantly trying to actually have some long term thinking into the life that I want to build and and what I want that to look like, um, hmm. and just make decisions that that help me get there. And I think you know that's a never ending journey. You know that's like a it's never going to stop. It's never going to be perfected. There's going to be lots of bumps and crashes and turnarounds and misdirections along the way for sure. Um, but I think for the first time in my life, I've, I've actually started thinking about that. And I, I think I have an idea. I could never even think about it. I, I like the idea of thinking when I was 20 years old, thinking about being 30 and what I wanted, who knows? Sure. Um, you know, just was like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, you know I, mean, I just want to have enough money to go to the bar tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, exactly. Yeah. But now, um, now it's, uh, just, just taking the time and, and, it's exciting to be able to think that far ahead in the life that I want to build. Uh, and I think it's been good for me in self-reflection of, you know, and what I do and what it is, what I'm doing today, helping me get there or not. Um, and if not, what, what direction do I, what do I need to do to address that? Yeah. Well, and I think what's exciting is the combination, right? I mean, the, the theme of our, our chat has been really about, I think, you know, follow, following your gut and that intuition and following those serendipitous moments and, and taking action. So combining that with also, you know, a, kind of a, you know, well thought out or some sort of a vision for yourself personally is a pretty exciting uh, endeavor. Like that, that, that could lead to a lot of awesome things. So I have to ask what, like, what are some of the reflective, like, how are you thinking of that question? Are you... Like, are there any specifics? Are you taking time, you know, in silence or are you going somewhere inspirational to think about that or like, like how are you actually doing that? Cause it's a great question. Totally. So, um, uh, I, I've made one big change, which is, which is where I'm spending most of my time doing it. Um, which is I've committed to, and it's been the month I've committed at first to the month of January cause I wasn't sure how long it was going to last, but I, I think I'm going to keep, it's going to keep going. Okay. Um, I have, I have created a no Wi-Fi rule on airplanes. Nice. Um, and that I don't connect. I fly so often. Like I said, you know, I did a, I did 112 flights last year, okay. um, which when I hear that number, I like almost want to crawl out of my skin thinking about it. But, sure. uh, I did 112 flights last year. I don't think I'm going to do as many this year. Um, but I'm taking the time now to actually disconnect on planes, um, and to use that as, you know, if I'm going to have to do it all the time and if I'm going to travel all the time, um, you know, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm actually, I can be, I can fall asleep on any plane. I, I have no problem sleeping. I, it's so like, I'm like, I'm actually comfortable most of the time on airplanes. Um, I'm, it's to me like found time to focus on and reflecting, reflect on things that are important to me and, and that matter to me and that are, um, focus on things that, that I want to achieve, right. And the goals that I want to set. Um, yeah. and I've sort of carved out, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent for me, you know, it happens so often I've carved out the time for me. Um, and s sometimes that's journaling and sometimes that's, you know, doing, a, a, a sh uh, my meditation practice is still quite new. And uh, I would say I, I haven't mastered anything at all, but attempting, yeah. um, and, uh, also sometimes it's just like reading a great magazine or reading a great book or, um, writing out crazy ideas or, you know, um, watching a stupid TV show or movie that I haven't given myself the time or space to do. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but you really finding that. yeah really finding place to like just give my brain like cane time and like that looks different every single day um some of my best ideas come you know what i mean watching mindless television yeah. uh some of my like biggest breakthroughs come you know while reading a book or you know what i mean or seeing an article in a magazine or um talking to a friend so I think just I've I've it's been hard for me. I, I I'm one of those people that jam packs in my day. Um, you know, I have a I have a one o'clock call that started eight minutes ago that I'm gonna jump on as soon as I hang up. Um, I, I have a tendency to overschedule myself constantly, and I just I have not learned my lesson ever, uh, and I don't expect to. So I've I've just committed to carving out you know a time when I'm not on my phone, no one can reach me. You know, it's like my space to to reflect and to have my time. Um, and the month of January, it's been helpful. And, it's, and it honestly started because I early first of the year, I got on a plane after I got on a plane and the plane didn't have Wi-Fi, And I literally thought I was going to have a mental breakdown. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. I literally was like twitching and I was like, okay, this is a freaking problem. Yeah, We yeah. need to like back up. And so I was like, okay, no Wi-Fi for the month. Um, and I did that and, and it's been so fantastic that I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this going and I'm sure I'm going to have to break it once or twice. There'll be something for work or something I have to do. Or, you know, it's not, I'm not going to be perfect that day at all, but I'm, I'm rolling with that and it's been very helpful and helped me find some time to, to carve out for myself. I, well, thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I think, I think you nailed it. I mean, there's no right way to do that. And, but what's key is a, the question is there and B and most importantly is that you're, you're allowing you're allowing some sort of space right in in your day or in your life for mm-hmm. for this stuff to come up and i love how you provided all the different examples because it's not just about writing you know every time you're in a plane you have to write or you have to meditate it's whatever's going on right now in that second if you feel you know feel like doing that do that but just you know make sure you keep dedicating that that time and that space so so thank you. I mean, thank you for this awesome chat. Um, I can't wait to share this out to the world. And uh, hopefully, not hopefully, I know it will resonate with a lot of people, especially our audience. And another thank you is just, you know, for you, for you being so open on your path and being curious and following those serendipitous moments because, because of that, there's so many people around the world benefiting, right, from your work and your mindset. So... A uh, huge thanks from from all of us. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, it's a nice little ego boost for for a Monday, so I'll take <laughs> it for sure. Um, it was thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I'm I'm super inspired by the work that you're doing, and uh, I have no doubt that uh, you yourself are making the world a better place every day with, with with the curation and the time that you're taking to do this stuff. So, right back at you. For sure. Thank you.